Hello everyone and welcome to the A-Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you twice a week at the moment by CEV. It's Friday, which means it's time for an unscripted special with everybody's favourite dynamic duo, Key Michael. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and trio, Matt Rogers. Trio. Hello. Well, no, it's the, it's the, you're, you two are the duo. Oh, <laughs> did you think it was just me and Dave? Did you, did you feel a bit left out there, Matt? No, Dave's forgetting himself. No, no, we no. never asked Dave what he's done this week. So let's flip it round. We're flipping the switch. Dave, what have you done this week? Well, I've not finished my intro, <laughs> for starters. Well, that's not something you've done then. So what have you done? This week, we'll be speaking about Carly Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the fantastic unscripted, and it was a fantastic unscripted, one of the best, uh, one of the best episodes, yeah. in my opinion, and they've all been great. We've spoken to a lot of the best setters in the world both in the the men's game and the women's game and they're kind of the the brain they're the beating heart of pretty much every team and they're they're also great to talk to um i've started asking them questions some publicly some behind closed doors whether or not they think that the setter is the most intelligent player in a volleyball team uh what do you think they answer, Key? Yes or no? <laughs> do you mean it's not the middle? Because I thought I thought all of us, everyone, we all agreed the middle is the smartest player on the court. Brains of the operation. <laughs> if you're asking them, they would say yes. I think. I think intelligence is all relative, isn't it? Is it volleyball intelligence? In which case, it's a definite yes for me on the setter. But yeah, general intelligence. I think that's it. Can be random across the team. Yeah. All right. Sit on the fence. Um, so today we talk about Carly Lloyd. Is this the unscripted where we find out the most about the individual that we've spoken to, Matt? One of them, yeah, for sure. She certainly gets the most emotional that I've seen a player get on, on an unscripted. Yeah. Um, and, and it's about a moment that's fantastic, so it's totally understandable. Um, but yeah, she's, she was in a fairly unique situation, wasn't she? Because she... She had that one year down at Itsubashi and so yeah, the club put us in contact with her, not knowing the future. And yeah, it turned out she was over near near LA, isn't she, Dave? Or, or wasn't she at the time when we did the unscripted? Uh yes. Well certainly certainly on the West Coast. Uh and not in a place that I would expect somebody on the West Coast to be. It sounds like she was on some kind well, she said it was a farm. It was more of a zoo given the amount of animals they had on there. Um Key, as somebody who enjoys the great outdoors as much as you do you're always telling us how much you love being in the south of france and you've got sort of the beautiful scenery and, and so much to enjoy there in terms of nature where she was sounded beautiful didn't it yeah well i'm a little bit obsessed with animals so i already was i'm a bit biased if i say it was was awesome where she was but yeah i think it's the perfect place to be in this kind of lockdown like this you don't want to be in a city you don't want to be near any other people you just want to be with your family and wide open spaces and animals to keep you company she's i think she's got it figured out yeah good for her as well um shall we have a listen because there's so much to talk about afterwards go Mm -hmm. for it let's do it great well what happens now is we listen to the unscripted in full and there will be questions at the end so take notes now i'm only joking um it's a great chat with uh, a great player one of the very best indeed so enjoy this and stick with us afterwards because we're going to have a chat about the finer details but until then this is unscripted with carly lloyd carly lloyd's volleyball journey has been a remarkable one 
From NCAA's most outstanding player to USA captain, via a Champions League win, an Olympic bronze medal, trophies in Italy and Brazil, and unfinished business in Istanbul. Right now, she's at home in California, so I gave her a call. We talked animals, family, success, plans for the future, how she's doing, and how she's passing the time. Hi, Carly. Hi, Dave. How are you? I am really well, actually. I've got the window just to my right-hand side, and I'm in London, and for the first and only time this year, the sun is shining, so I am... Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, I know. You're probably as shocked as me. Um, but, yeah, really good here. How are you? I'm great. I'm also seeing the sun shine today. I'm in Southern California, so the weather's actually been kind of crazy since I've been home, but today it's a little cloudy, but very nice. So I'm happy, too. With no, the sun. <laughs> it's almost like we've swapped. You've got the clouds and I've got the sunshine. But uh, so what's your situation then? You managed to get out of Istanbul. You've been home for a little while now. Who are you staying with? So I'm in Southern California. I'm, my family's originally from Bonzel. It's a super small town, like 45 minutes north of San Diego. Um, my mom and uncle live here. We have 11 acres. So we have some animals in like our house and I came here a month ago and I quarantined for two weeks in a, one part of the house with my mom, my uncle, and my sister in another part of the house. And then the two weeks were up. It went great. Obviously, I was fine. We were all great. I was there for two more weeks with my family. And then, <laughs> and then my boyfriend flew in from Hawaii. He's, I haven't seen him in three months because I was in Turkey. He was in California. Then he was in Hawaii with his family. And so he flew in three days ago. And since we now have to be quarantined again we are in a different part of the property <laughs> in a different part of our house it's actually a, a guest house it's usually rented out and um we just luckily don't have a tenant right now so thankfully we have like kind of a small apartment which it's close to where like we can go in the backyard and see my family from a distance but we don't actually get to hang out all together yeah i'm just like hey mom i'm over here uh we played games yesterday in the backyard but like from a distance so I'm here. It's been wonderful. I'm, I'm thankful we have space. The big question is, what animals? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lots of them. <laughs> we have um, three bison. We raise bison. Mm -hmm. It's very strange in California. Yes. Three bison, one horse, a dog, two cats, a tortoise, some fish. We have two ponds on the property, so we have some fish. Um, we used to have chinchillas, but recently those passed. Um, we also used to have snakes. We had a boa and a black Mexican king snake, but those have both passed. We had them for a lot of years. So, um, and then we have a ton of, there's like coyotes on the property and there's rabbits and squirrels and tons of birds, but obviously, and lots of hummingbirds right now, actually, too. We have a feeder in the back and I'll stand there. Literally the feeder will be here and they will come like within inches of my head and I can see how beautiful they are. I've never seen them so close, but for some reason right now, they're just like very comfortable being close to us. So it's, yeah, lots of animals. <laughs> that sounds absolutely amazing. So as, yeah. as part of my, as part of my routine, so um, I've not been quarantined, thankfully, but everyone in the UK is kind of on quarantine. We're allowed out of the house um, to go okay. to the food shop or to do exercise every day. So I've got some, some okay. rules over there, super lucky. But there's this okay. big 
It's either a very small lake or a very big pond. I haven't decided yet, but we see the same birds every day and you get to notice their patterns of behavior. So the coots love to fight. And there's this, mm -hmm. this family of three ducks that always fly around together. And there is a goose that gets bullied by a swan. Like it doesn't matter where you are oh, on the ponds or the lake, there is this swan that just yeah. bullies this goose. It just sort of stalks around. <laughs> and I've been absolutely fascinated by this little like nature microcosm. So with mm -hmm. all those animals and those, all those uh, sort of personalities knocking about, that must be amazing every day. It, it is. And it, as you were talking, I was thinking about other things that have, have happened since we've been here. There's, there's a pair of ducks that have come in. They came in a few years ago and they return and my mom has named them. So they're named Pierre and Marie and they're, they're always in the pond together and they actually have gotten comfortable coming up to the house and my uncle will feed them some um, duck feed like on the driveway so we get to see them super close. And at night, I have this video I took of the, our lower pond has, I'm, I don't know how many frogs are in there, but you don't hear them during the day. At night, as soon as it's blackout, it sounds like a choir out there. It is like, it's amazing. It's so loud and they're just, they will just go for, they actually go off and on, but it's, it's impressive how loud they can get out there. But we have tons of hawks and all kinds of different birds. And yeah, so I, I totally get the joy in seeing how like the natural world works and how it comes alive. And yeah. I'll level with you. Frogs absolutely terrify me. Anything that can move from there to like how far they do and the speed that they do. No, not for me. If I saw the frogs, I would be out of it. Um, <laughs> really? Oh, totally, totally. Also, um, things that belong outdoors when they're indoors, not for me. So birds, for example, love watching birds fly around. If there was a bird in my lounge now, no, I'd be, I'd be gone. I'd, I'd leave the flat. I'd put it on the market. I'd be. Oh so, my! So you, would you rather see a spider in your area than a bird? Yeah, a spider. I could deal with a spider. You could not. Obviously, not a big one. I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> but if, if you had, yeah, a household spider, I'd sort of put him somewhere where he needed to be, or I'd watch him weave his web. Like if it was a, again, if it was a tarantula, I'd just set mm -hmm. fire to the whole apartment and hope the insurance okay. company didn't find out. But, okay. <laughs> but. <laughs> but this oh. is this is so different to your to your normal life though because you are mm -hmm. on the road you've lived in so many different countries in recent years as well it must be quite nice to be at home with your family and nature and spend some time it totally is i i was actually just having a conversation with a friend it feels therapeutic for me to be here and one of the cool things i haven't told you yet but it my uncle he's the one that actually built our house and has he is amazing and um, our property is incredible, but he does a lot of obviously work with his hands. And so since I've been home, I've started helping him with some projects and it's totally therapeutic to go and see what you're building. Everything like I've cut metal, I've sanded a bunch of wood, I've lacquered, I've put bolts in, I've, we're doing these things and it's like, it's a totally different feeling than the normal work that I'm used to doing, but it's, so it's so satisfying and I crave it now I love going outside and working and also just the quality time that I've had with my family I mean being here the last time I was here for a month of consecutive time was when I had my shoulder surgery and that was a pretty rough time for everyone because I was in a lot of pain and I was obviously trying to come back and go train so it's it's been amazing it yeah 
there are two different types of people watching this now. There are uh, the one type of people that, oh my God, she's, she's out there, she's working, she's bonding with her family, she's building all these things, that's incredible. Then there are the Echachabasi fans who were like, look after your hands, do not <laughs> damage. That's actually funny. When I, I did post the video of me plasma um, cutting out there and there was a bunch of sparks and I had a bunch of people saying that, what are you doing? Like, watch your head. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm not great at it yet, but trust me, I'm okay. I, I'm okay. And I have a good supervisor. So there's no worries for those fans that are worried. I'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, safety first. Wash your hands, but make yes. sure you cover them up as well. Um, so <laughs> it sounds like you're so busy and you've got, you've got so much on and you're having a lovely time. Um, have you had time to miss volleyball at all? Yeah, for sure. And I actually have a ball in my hands, like, pretty much every day. <laughs> so luckily, like I'm saying, we have some space in the back. And when I wasn't quarantined from my family, my sister wasn't a volleyball player too. And so I got her to pepper for the first time in years, which was fun. It took a little bit of time. She had some big bruises on her arms with the first couple of days. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've been peppering and now that my boyfriend Riley's here, we went out yesterday with a ball for like an hour, just throwing it around and peppering. It's, it's a strange feeling, like knowing that I should be in the middle of playoffs and, um, we, I have no choice. I cannot be there. So I don't spend a lot of time, um, thinking and getting bummed about it. I just go hang out with the ball and do something because that's all we can do right now. So, it, but totally, I actually found myself watching an entire, I, someone sent me a link like, hey, watch this game today. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I go click on it. I'm like, I'll just watch a second of it. I watched the entire thing. Like I couldn't move. I was like, gosh, I missed this so much. So, yeah. Has it made you sort of reassess sort of where you are with the game? And have you got any more ambitions that you really want to achieve now when we finally get the chance to get back to it? That's a good question. Um, it's actually been kind of tough because I don't have a contract next year. I'm not mm -hmm. sure where I'll be going. Um, I've had some conversations with my agent and we're looking at different ideas, but there, the volleyball world's been hit pretty hard. So we all know some, some of us are waiting for contracts and don't really know what's going to happen next year. And so it's hard for me to set my vision on like, I want this because I don't know where I'm going to be. Mm -hmm but I for sure know that I still want to play. I miss it. I like, whenever I do get this, like a call, I've talked to my manager from Exazabashi last week and she was talking about their plan and we know what could, what could be. And I'm thinking, gosh, it would be so great to get back there and to, to play with them again, but we don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, yeah, I, I don't have any specific goals. I'm like, gosh, I really need to achieve that. But I do have this itch in me that I want to get back on the court. I want to play again. I, I miss it. And I'm excited. I think this whole thing, um, it's given me a totally different perspective on life. And like, there's not a lot in my control, which mm -hmm. the things that are in my control, when I put my energy there, I feel really good about it. And so I think it's going to help me when I do get back to the sport, just to remember the things that are in my control, where I should be investing my energy, um, like why I'm playing the sport. I think like that why is good to reflect on multiple times in the season and throughout our lives and throughout our careers so it's definitely helped me in a strange way and to see and to have a ton of gratitude for for it too oh. um, how has Istanbul been because for me it is the mecca 
of women's mm-hmm. volleyball. It's just everything. Obviously, all the best players like yourself want to go. Mm-hmm. They're great coaches, great fans, great teams, mm-hmm. great success. Um, mm-hmm. From your perspective, how's it been? I love it. I really love it. It is beautiful. Um, the time that we did have off, we went to the Bosphorus. We would get um, incredible food. Like I, I guess I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't spent that much time traveling in Turkey doing anything. I mean, I'd been there and played in matches, but that's usually staying in hotels, going to the gym, that kind of thing. And the food is incredible. Mm-hmm. I've felt completely warm open arms everywhere I went whether it was at a restaurant or if I was in a supermarket it was really hard to find people that spoke English and obviously Turkish is such a difficult language I did try a little bit and I learned a little bit but really hard to communicate so but everywhere I went people wanted to help they they were just really warm open arms all the time and honestly it was a little surprising because I had been told be careful you know you know we don't know especially with our relationship with Turkey and you're you're an American citizen and I just I didn't go in with fear but I went in uncertain I didn't know how it was going to be and I loved it absolutely loved it I I and now I know the girls that have played their multiple seasons and say it's amazing I totally get it I feel the same I um the obviously the level of volleyball is great there's good competition there there's great coaches like you're like you were saying great great athletes it's the foreigner rule was a little tough for us at times especially with our team because we had five and then six foreigners and so that can be tough to to be transitioning and not have a consistent lineup all the time but other than that was incredible really cool experience yeah, I can. I can only begin to imagine. I, mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder. I, I do not want you to speculate on this at all because it's not. Okay. But I, I do wonder if you'll end up back there, and I think it would be, be pretty amazing if you did. Because I suppose with it being abandoned, but the team playing so well on a number of fronts, it mm-hmm. must feel a little bit like unfinished business. Totally, totally. We, and we had had such a tough season with injury this mm-hmm. year. Um, off and on like girls had different chronic things going on shoulders and things like that and then when we when we lost Kim for a while with her ab and then she was coming back and then we lost Hande with her broken foot and then there was just so much to deal with and we just kept grinding and getting through it and like finding ways to to be to be good in a really hard situation and I feel like we were just starting to figure it out a little bit like a little more a little more and we had this this fire in us we wanted something great towards the end of that season so I definitely feel like it's unfinished I know that my teammates do too mm-hmm. um so yeah I like I said I would love to return I I really have so much respect for the club for I love Istanbul I love the the country but my club was amazing they treated me really well and super professional really warm people and like a cool family it's just yeah I would it would be amazing to be able to finish the season I think it's really close to impossible at this point although they haven't canceled the season yet so you never know but um yeah totally unfinished (laughs) it's interesting you say you say family there because I think Pro volleyball is is different to a lot of sports because you don't really get many any one club 
players, do you? You know, like a, I suppose like a like a Tom Brady in NFL who was at the Patriots mm-hmm. for a million years, or or mm-hmm. Ryan Giggs at Manchester United who was there for for, for two decades. Um, right. you're, you're all quite transient, aren't you? You maybe spend one season here, two seasons here. Um, is that more difficult for setters, do you think? Because you're kind of the, the beating heart of the team and the team plays at your tempo. Do you think it's harder to, to make those changes or easier to, to make an immediate impact? That's a good question. Honestly, I don't know if I can say it's harder because I don't play any other position. But okay, yeah. from what I know about the sport, I – from. I know how hard it is for me. I can speak on a personal level. It's super challenging to go into a new environment every year and have to learn completely new new attackers. And maybe, honestly, so with some teams, you don't even really form a system in that those seven or eight months. You just you just learn each attacker's ball. So you're it's really individually based, like on what this attacker needs this and this attacker needs this. But there's not really we don't have a system here. We just are playing the best we can with what we have. Um, it, it's it's very very challenging, and I I think like you were saying, it's very rare to find a player that stays for multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. I do know some that have stayed for I think up to five seasons in one club, mm-hmm. but I, the longest I've stayed is two. And I there's a lot of comfort in returning to a club. It's um, I like when I stayed for in Pomi the second year, knowing where I was going to return, and you know knowing the the environment I was going to be in, what was expected of me, you know, the city and all of that, it's, it's comforting. There's also a lot of excitement in going to a new place and not having any idea what's going to happen. So I enjoy both a lot. I think that there's definitely more challenge in going to a new club every year. And as a setter too, we, I think we have more responsibility in learning our teammates faster and more because we have to, we, every, every play we're involved. So um, I guess like I could say this and maybe get battered for it, but I think it's probably harder for us. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Uh, right. I'm going to show you a video now. Um, short okay. clip of a, of a moment uh, in your career that you alluded to just now, actually. Okay. What are your memories of this? Can you see that? Yes, I can. I already know what it is. Dips in. Nas reverse sets to Robin Acroy. She's been a go-to in this match. On this occasion, she doesn't put it away. Lonica Slotches is blocked. And Pommy Casalmaggiore has so, turned the yeah. four books on the- Every time I watch that clip, I get emotional and I get chills all over my body. <laughs> um... That was the match that I watched when I told you I watched the match last week. That was it. God, um, the, one of the coolest feelings ever I've ever experienced in my whole life. Um, but one of the things that I feel more with this than any anything else I've experienced is the presentness that I felt there with that environment, the atmosphere, the fans, the gym. Like we were in Italy with all of this huge, it was like, Calorozo is what we say in Italian. Like there was just so much warm energy there, and um, honestly, like I, I, it would be hard to say that anything has beat beaten that in my career. That moment, um, 
as an underdog team and not having any expect no one had any zero was like zero chance people truly believe we could have done it and we just nailed it like three sets freaking great volleyball and that one of the most um amazing teams I've ever been a part of like from the top down from the management to everyone so cool I had like uh, yeah so cool that was a great clip <laughs> Uh, I spoke to Maggie about, uh, I, oh. we didn't show that clip, but we, we spoke to her about winning it uh, about a week ago. And she said that it was the weirdest feeling um, because when she stepped onto the court, even in the first set, when it was 0-0, zero, zero, she said the energy felt different and she just knew you were going to win that day. Got the chills. Yeah. I've got chills again. Totally. Totally. <laughs> uh, so, 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 why, why was it different that day? I don't know. Um, I, I, we just, I don't even know. Honestly, I, I just remember feeling so there, like every part of my being like my body, my energy, my spirit, everything was like so present there. I remember moments in that match, like I've, I do not remember other matches like this, but I remember being on the court, where I was in the court, looking up in the stands, knowing exactly where my uncle was sitting. The moment in the match, like feeling like, I get the chills. I would get full body chills in the middle of play, like they're about to serve and I'm looking at him and I'm like, and then I'm just so in it like so present and grounded in like this belief that we we were meant to be there and meant to make history for that club and everything it was just totally different she's right so how crazy that you watched that game in full the other day how how weird um that was a hell of a that was a hell of a year for you wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one goes in the books. That was it. Yeah. But from that season, when I was in Pomi that year, I wasn't even sure I was going to be asked back to the national team. I was told the summer before that, you know, we might not have a need or space for you this next year. So <laughs> that, that Champions League win was kind of the kickstart to, okay, getting a call, you can come for a tryout. The tryout extended. You can make a, you made a roster or extending it more. And then June 30th that summer was you're going to the Olympics and I was like what coolest yeah coolest summer ever yeah absolutely yeah. what what was that what was that like then because obviously any USA team in any sports at any Olympic Games the expectation is massive not just for yourself but just because USA is such a just a gargantuan brand in Olympic sports. What's it, what's it like to sort of carry that expectation and be a part of that history? Yeah. Um, it, it's, gosh, well, the Olympics was like a big dream of mine for a long time. And so a lot went into this dream that I had visioned for so many years. Like, I'm preparing myself now for this, but also like for the dream that I have that could come, could not come, we don't know. So when now it's finally in it, it felt 
so much bigger than me. And there was a lot of pressure for sure. We all felt it. We would talk about it. Um, we went in as the, like, you know, one of the best teams in the world, knowing that we were going to have a really tough road if we wanted to get a medal. And we didn't have the outcome that we wanted. But all through that tournament, it was, we just had, we just overcame difficulties and like, you, when you're in it and you're grinding in it, it's like you're playing a match of one day off. You play a match of one day off and you just have to keep continuing to reset, to be in a good mental state, to be like ready for whatever's going to come. And it was really one of the hardest experiences for me and, and for a lot of reasons. But um, when I talked about having one of those moments where like being super present, it wasn't even when we actually won the medal. It was the first time we walked out on the court and, the lights were out and we walked out in dark and they announced us and the lights come on and I look up and I'm just like are you kidding me I've I'm and I like I have them again I mean these chills like it's it's hard to explain it's a lot of pressure and a lot of emotion and but it's like you've been building it for so long when you're there you're just in it like you're just trying to absorb as much as you can and be as great as you possibly can and yeah and you, you, you're kind of on the shoulders of giants, really, aren't you, from the, from the very yeah. beginning? I mean, there can't be many players who've had that sustained success over like a 12-month period that you did. It's absolutely crazy to think about. Absolutely. Well, that's really, thank you. And it's cool to, to go back and to relive this and talk about it and from someone else's perspective and like answer these questions. But the one of the craziest things about the olympic process especially as a, as a u.s citizen there are so many athletes in our gym throughout a summer and there's only a certain amount of spots so when you're competing every day in the gym and you know that your chances of making this roster are that there's such a small little space mm -hmm. for you to fit in there and so that process it's very grounding and you look around and you see what your competition is. You know that if I make this roster, that means she's not making this roster. And then you think back to the history, like you're saying, of all these amazing athletes that have gone through the program and had to do this and have set this, you know, road for you to walk and to continue for the next team or the next Olympics. It's, it's a crazy, like such a long process. That's the thing about this four-year cycle. It's every summer is so tough and you just never know. It's and in the end, it's not in your it's not in your hands. I mean, you can do your best, and then there's someone else that has to make the choice. So right. uh, I want to play a very quick game with you. Can we play a game? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's called Simply the Best. It's dead easy. I ask you uh, a question, and I just want you to give me like the first answer that you think of. Okay. Cool. Okay. Ready? Cool. Let's play Simply yeah. the Best. Oh, what have you got there? Just a water. Just some water. My coffee Hi. here, my water here, just getting ready. How do you take the coffee? It's French press, uh, oh. a little bit of heavy whipping cream in it, actually. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's because you've got the athlete's metabolism. Wait till you're halfway through <laughs> your 30s. You don't play sport anymore. There is no whipping cream in there. It is like d d fewest calories possible. That's what's going <laughs> We'll see. I hope not. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Anyway, let's play uh, right. Simply the Best. Best setter in the world. My first answer was Tom Tom Com. Miss Thailand. 
best sport that isn't volleyball? Oh, track and field. <laughs> yeah, 30 sports, fine. Uh, best song to listen to before a game? Not afraid, Eminem. Best moment of your career? The one we just watched. Best American, but, oh. Yep, they're the ones we just talked about. I, I just went through them both. The one we just watched and the Olympics. Okay, best American athlete of all time? Michael Jordan. <laughs> best atmosphere you've ever experienced? Um, the Montecchiati Gym Champions League Finals. Best place in the world volleyball has ever taken you? Country? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, best, best place, best country, best city, best wherever. I, Italy. Oh, as a whole, their fans and love of the game and the tradition and all of it. Just, yeah, it's unmatchable. Best food to eat after a game? Pizza. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> straight, straight back to Italy. The heart's still in Italy. Exactly. <laughs> that started in college, though, actually. Actually, maybe before that, but yeah. It's been a long time tradition, my go-to. It's a very good tradition. Anyway, that's the end of the game. Well played. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Have you got any more ambitions? Anything else that you really want to achieve before you decide? That's me now. Back to the animals in <laughs> California. Is this volleyball or outside of volleyball? Both, please. Both? Well, like we talked about earlier, I'm not sure what volleyball is going to look like. I, I, I'm not sure what I, what I want there right now, but I am thinking more and more about what life's going to be like afterwards. And I don't have a perfectly clear vision yet, but one thing that I do truly find a lot of joy in is writing and I always have and I have been doing it for as long as I can remember I have so many journals and so many things and I've been encouraged by some to think about writing a book I thought about it and it sounds enticing it's something I think would be super challenging for me but there's it, yeah there's an excitement in it that could maybe that that's something that I would like to do or at least attempt who knows what would come of it um and then I I have a really strong passion for being here with my family on this land and like building and um I've always had a dream of having my uncle build me a home uh and it's now that I'm here with him and I'm just working with him it's like coming up again so who knows maybe I'll build a home with my uncle that <laughs> That sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, if you yeah. did write, if you did write the book, then would it be sort of autobiographical about your travels and your experiences, or would it be, uh, I don't know, like a like a fiction loosely based on on life or what? I don't. I would think more auto autobiography. Yeah. I think, but I don't really. I don't know exactly how yet because I think part of me sometimes thinks I should tell my whole story and mm -hmm. I should, you know, there's so many things that I've learned and then part of me is like, maybe it's just a book for volleyball athletes, for girls, for young, for young, it's, there's, I go different ways. And I really don't know, because I haven't even, I haven't sat down to really try. 
Uh, right, well, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so glad uh, we got to take that trip down memory lane and your reaction made it completely worth it. And I'm glad you're doing well out there and you're staying safe. Thank How long you. have you got left on your quarantine now? We're three days in, so another 12 or 11. Another 11 days. Seeing as you've quarantined for, for your boyfriend, make sure that he's doing most of the cooking. Is that a fair deal? I like that. I'm going to remind him of that. And it's going to be on tape as well. Uh, anyway, look after yourself. Enjoy the sunshine. And uh, when we're out the other side, let's uh, let's catch up. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you later. it. Bye. <laughs> right. We've not done this in a little while and there's so much to talk about and I'm not sure who I want to start with. So instead of heads or tails, we're going to go rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Matt versus Key. So who kicks us off? And we're going to show on three. So one, two, show. Okay. With Ready? Eye, with eyes closed, Key, remember, because there could eyes, be a delay. Yeah, eyes closed. No cheating. One, two, show. So scissors and Matt's gone scissors. You're not even showing You've to the camera. You've both gone scissors. Matt, make sure we can see it. No cheating. So the first one's a tie. Both gone scissors. One, two, show. Key's gone paper. Matt's gone paper. Round three. One, two, show. Okay. Matt has gone oh. stone. Key has gone scissors. So we're going to start with you, Matt. And it's like your dream come true. We can talk about construction. Can you believe it? A setter, <laughs> no less, into yep. the construction world, helping out her uncle, metal, wood. Oh, wow. I mean, she was high in my estimations. But now... <laughs> <laughs> I love it that she's gone straight in and done something really practical mm -hmm. um, and she's not you know, just chilling out and enjoying her, her summer because, yeah, then she hopes one day to get a house made by her uncle and, yeah, put the time in with him and I'm... I'm fairly sure he'll return it absolutely to be fair matt once you're done with your project maybe you can jump on a plane and offer your services Jud as well. judging by what she was saying and and the bit we saw and yeah i'd love to to go out and check what her uncle's producing mm. um and key i've got a test for yes. you i did say there'd be questions mm. i've been studying don't worry name the animals <laughs> i think she said bison yeah. to start she said Chinchilla? Yeah, she said chinchilla, yeah. She definitely said cats and dogs yeah. and squirrels. Yeah. Um, she, she mentioned, uh, yeah, everything. I mean, coyotes, rabbits, fish, hummingbirds. And a, mm, that was an interesting one. And a tortoise. And Dave's favourite Oh, frogs. don't even dun, get dun, me dun, started. Dun. Terrifying things. Where did this... Why are you afraid of frogs? Why aren't you afraid of frogs? What do you mean? They just make noise and jump around. Honestly, like I've got some irrational fears and phobias of various animals. And right, any, anything that belongs outdoors when it's indoors terrifies me. So, mm -hmm. for example, a tiny, like a teeny tiny bird, like a little robin. It wasn't a robin, but it was about the size of a robin. Flew into our lounge the other day because we had the... Um, balcony door open and i couldn't deal with it i just had to leave the room and wait for it to fly back out again and it didn't fly back out again for a long time it crapped everywhere it was all over all oh. over the windows all over the windowsills all over the picture frames all over the coffee table on the tv it must have done about eight bowel extractions but I, yeah i just so you think just, that you were afraid of the bird right 
but you weren't yeah. crapping yourself. Just imagine no. how that little bird felt. It was so scared, it was crapping itself. I left him to it, Matt. He had the run of my flat. <laughs> Let's talk about volleyball then, because she is... I- well, when I say had a remarkable career, it makes it sound like it's coming to an end, and it, it certainly isn't. She's still got lots to achieve. But interesting that she admitted immediately that she really, really missed the sport. And and I think that's quite nice, because not everybody does. And when you've been doing what she's been doing for the last 10 years, it would be easy to think, oh, do you know what? She'll just be looking forward to to putting her feet up and having a bit of a time off, but not so much. No, no, she's yeah, she's certainly busy and and planning and and yeah, the new season will come fast. I'm sure. It, she, it, I wonder if she always knew that the Turkish thing with Sebashi was a one year deal, and mm. if the season wasn't finished, you know that that was, yeah, that was going to be it. Because if it was a one a one year thing, and she knew that either from her side or the club side, it wasn't going to be extended. It must have been quite sad for it to end the way it did. Yeah, yeah. Um... So let's have a let's have a rundown then because she's she's been to some pretty amazing places. So she's played with the Chachibasi, couple of years in Brazil, that stint at Pommy that we'll talk about, Matt, because I know that's one of your favourite ever moments in volleyball. Baku. I mean, the amount of players who've done that Azerbaijan adventure for one year. And uh, you and her have got a club in common key because she spent a couple of years at Busto. Yeah, I'm glad you did, didn't forget about that. Thanks for throwing me in there. Um, yeah, we didn't actually play together on the, in the same year, but obviously we, we knew each other a little bit. She came back to the team. She was close, so we would sometimes go out for dinner every once in a while. She's such a sweet girl. I mean, the kind of person that you just, you really enjoy being around, and you can tell she's much deeper. She has much, many, many more levels than just volleyball player, surface mm. level. Yeah, she's lovely. This is this is great actually because I didn't realise that um, that you'd kind of met her on on more than one occasion. So can you tell us a little bit more because it's interesting you mentioned the the depth of personality because that was something that I picked up from the conversation that we had as well. Obviously, you've got Carly Lloyd, the remarkably gifted athlete, the the super achiever who's done so well everywhere that she's been and and won the awards both as an individual and as a team. But there is a hell of a lot more to her than that yeah. isn't there well specifically i know she's just recently she's not the kind of person who's always on social media sharing her life mm. all of her private things but recently she's opened up a little bit more and you can see that she's she she said she loves writing and she's wants to do a book but also she started a website which is basically just i think she called it show up with me something like that that basically just for people to come and say hey let's talk i'm i'm having these feelings and that's such a cool idea for someone of her stature to just yeah. say hey who wants to talk i'm open i'm here i'm listening i'm i'm here for you i just think that's that just mm. shows her yeah her depth and her personality with regards to the book and i think this goes for for somebody like her and also somebody like yuki and and really these words coming out of my mouth are, are quite strange because you know i'm a 30 something white middle class man but for a a woman like her or like you who has left the usa where everything's easy and you mm. know you'd never have to leave your state and you can have an incredible life but to 
pack a bag and move to another country where you don't speak the language, then move to another country and to, to travel the world and be a professional athlete. I think they are amazing stories that can really benefit people's lives for, for young women and young men, for that matter, who can step out of their comfort zone and achieve something to sort of read about people, normal people who've who've done that. I think there's huge benefit in that. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, well, thank you for the, the compliment, but I think, yeah, more so for Carly that sh- she probably wouldn't even see it herself. She wouldn't think I can inspire people. I have something to say. My story is valuable, but a hundred percent she could give something mm. to the world m- m- far, far and beyond just her skills on the volleyball court. Yeah. I think sometimes with, with people's characters, they often think that writing about themselves and their story might be a little bit narcissistic but it isn't and if you can give them Mm. a little push and and get over those initial feelings then I think you can tell some pretty amazing stories so and I can imagine that hers book her book wouldn't be this is what I've done this is where I've gone these are the people I know it would be these are my emotions this is how I feel this is the real raw just thoughts and I think that's what people would love to tap into She'd be great to do a documentary on, wouldn't she, Key? You know, like a mini doc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll put her on the do. list. Do. Uh, we've talked about her, <laughs> her emotions and how in touch she is with those. Um, so, Matt, let's talk about that Pommy Champions League win because when we played that video clip, she was noticeably taken aback and moved somewhere else. Yeah, I think she said something like, every time I watch this, I get chills all over my body. And, and I'll be honest, in lockdown, that's the only volleyball I've watched. When we when we restreamed that match, that's the only volleyball I've seen since March, other than the bits I've had to do for, for work. So I, I wouldn't say I get the chills, but you know, I know how much it resonates with me, how much it, I feel like I'm connected with it. So then to put yourself on the court, it must be you know tenfold mm. in terms of the emotion. So... Yeah, it was great to hear her talk about it, and um, yeah, it, it's a it's a memory that clearly she will never forget, and and neither will anyone else that was in the hall. Well, just it was interesting the way the timing worked out because I spoke to her and Maggie within a week of each other, and they were both well involved with that, both played amazing games, and uh, and were part of the whole build up to it. But but just remind us, because I know you've spoken about it on the podcast before, Matt. Why? is that game and that experience why why does that really stand tall for you as one of the the best experiences of your career from an event perspective um i think the main thing for me was around the the feeling in the hall the atmosphere the emotion but and basically the the way that it used to work with the final four is there was an organizer and three teams qualified and this team was the organizer and you know no one knows if they would have qualified but a lot of people wouldn't have thought they would have qualified in in the sportive sense so they were in the finals as the host then they had the semi-final they had their dynamo russian opposition i mean massive challenge and then they had vakiv bank as a potential finalist so you know it was just unexpected and the team came together the fans came together the city came together everything went pink and she said there that she felt so present. And that's the one thing that has really stuck with me from the Last Dance documentary. 
Kiki, you won't have any idea what I'm talking about right now. But docu- <laughs> Save the last dance. <laughs> documentary about some basketball achievements. Um, and they talked about one of the things that made Michael Jordan different was his ability to be present in the biggest moments. Nothing else was, was relevant. It was always about the moment, the shot, the, the, the move, the whatever, the, the fake, whatever. And I, I kind of got that from what Carly was saying. Was was that moment mm. she just felt present and everything else was just like oblivious around you know irrelevant. It was all around the ball, the serve, the set, and that that was what that led them through. Yeah, it's it's, and I also find it fascinating that in a in a career of special moments of which she's had many, that one sort of stands out, and it was the same with Maggie too. Should we talk? Should we talk Olympics? Because that's obviously yeah. one of our other main achievements and she talked in, in fascinating detail around you know the mental state required to, to play at an olympics because the schedule is relentless mm. you know i mean the, the seasons are tough when you play mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. twice a week weekend wednesday or whatever it is and then the following weekend but the olympics is every other day mm-hmm. um and, and you've got like five games straight well we have an olympian in our midst who's that you played in the group stages and they're big groups and a lot of games um and it was pretty mm-hmm. intense. And I suppose, I suppose at that time as well, that was before you'd really established yourself in the the top European leagues too. So, have I have I yet established myself in the top? I'm still still pushing, knocking on the door. So Honestly, right. Key, people are going to start people are going to start asking questions because you've played you've played a pretty good standard of volleyball. Stop doing yourself down. I know, but every time we bring on these guests who are the top of the top, I mean, if I'm if it were just the three of us having a chat, which I well, suppose it, it is, really yes. just is, <clears throat> I, w- I, would, I would say, yeah, I guess I've played pretty high level. But then when you bring Carly Lloyd into the, into the conversation... That's the issue. We're, we've always got like a player that yeah. is a, a megastar or you know one of the top of the game in, so, our, yeah. in our discussions. Matt, Matt Rogers, quickly, what are the two best women's volleyball leagues in Europe? Italy and Turkey, in my opinion. Okay, key. Just checking. You've played in both of those, right? <laughs> Correct. Okay, Matt. What's the biggest club volleyball competition in the world? Well, that would be the Champions League, Dave. Okay, you, you've made a final in one of those, right, Key? Yeah, cool. Correct. And just just to cap the cap the set off, what's the biggest international tournament you can think of, Matt? <laughs> I mean, it's probably if I if I really had to pick one, probably the Olympics. Probably pick the Olympics. Cool. You've got the full house key. So, so for this <laughs> conversation, I'm using you as my point of reference. Um, All right, I'm coming. <laughs> You're right. I'm I'm awesome. <laughs> so, if you rewind about 15 minutes, I was wanting to ask Key a question <laughs> about about that Olympic schedule, and you played in the group stages. Yeah. Game day off, game day off, game day off. Massive crowd, hugely energy sapping experience, I'd imagine. But what are your memories of mm-hmm. it? Yeah, of the schedule mm-hmm. itself, I remember exactly that. It was exhausting. And I mean, you prepare for it. You do do sort of like fake tournaments leading up to it where you try and get that schedule. But with all of the excitement mm. of being there, and I mean, I'm talking everything from being in the Olympic Village halls and you know, eating lunch next to huge names and um, the, even the bus rides through the city in your own specific, yeah. you know, Olympic lanes. I mean, there's just so much buzz and excitement. And you can imagine if after one big buzzing game, 
the next day you're just exhausted and imagine trying to ride that energy ups and downs and ups and downs and we only you know we only did it because we for what a week or for five matches because we were knocked out after group stage but to go all the way to the final match and keep that energy in those put in those moments when you have to be on must be really who's the biggest uh, you mentioned eating lunch there next to some big stars who does anyone stick out who you saw or sat next to um i saw usain bolt from eating afar. chicken nuggets probably oh yeah that's I my idea of an athlete Le- <laughs> <laughs> i think lebron james was mulling around somewhere but i didn't actually catch a glimpse of him but someone said oh that he's, he's over there but he didn't actually stay in the village i don't think um who else i think i saw phelps i think i saw the williams sisters yeah listening to her talk about the the selection process for the usa uh, for the olympic roster it actually sounds quite stressful because they're always going to perform well at an Olympic Games, uh, the USA women's team, they've got such a conveyor belt of talent, even though some of them don't even end up playing professionally in Europe. Some of them will just come through the college system. We In in Europe and uh, I think in, in Serbia, some of their top players, sometimes they can take a summer off if they're tired and then build towards major tournaments. Feels very much with the USA like you've got to be on it the whole time. And that's the impression I got from benjamin patch as well if you want to get in that usa team you have got to be foot to the floor a hundred percent the whole time you just don't actually imagine the scenario that she talked about really i mean i i don't that's how i imagine it like at college maybe where you're kind of playing with people and then all of a sudden you know okay you're not going the number gets smaller but i just imagined that it would be a lot more spread out do you know what i mean like there'd be a camp then we'll go home for a few days okay this group is invited back but yeah, the 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 reality of the selection in the, on the USA team seems quite daunting, and, and yeah, I mean it's good preparation for the Olympics, isn't it? That is that mm-hmm. is training mm-hmm. under pressure, <laughs> which is but, maybe why they play well under pressure. You don't know. But could you imagine having a, a roster with a player like Carly Lloyd and thinking, well, you know, maybe she won't get a game. I mean, Key, you've you've met her, you've seen her play. You can't leave someone like mm-hmm. her out, surely. Yeah, well, it's exactly like you said. There's just such a depth in on the USA because they are literally churning out athletes through the college system. It's literally a sort of like exactly like you said. Did you say yeah, Convey- yeah like a yeah. conveyor belt, like industrialized system of? of <laughs> We'd like a setter, please. Okay, that through. is configuration E five setter coming your way. <laughs> yeah, so they just have they're spoiled mm. for choice. So yeah, that's exactly right. You you have to fight tooth and nail for your position. Hopefully less. Less tooth, yeah. more nail, is that an expression? <laughs> it is now. It's going in the podcast. Hashtag more tooth, less nail, or less tooth, more nail. Um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, they're still, you're still competing against yeah. your friends, your teammates, but at the end of the day, one goes, one stays, or one goes and yeah. ten stay kind of thing. And, and so you pointed out, Matt, it felt situation. bigger. She said it felt bigger than me or bigger than her. And that must be something that sort of runs through the DNA of a, of a Team USA athlete, because I, I mentioned this when talking to her, in terms of Olympic sport, that USA 
brand is just huge, isn't it? Those red letters, USA, on a white jersey mm-hmm. or, a, or a navy blue jersey. It just wouldn't be the Olympics without that. It doesn't matter what sport it's in. But the Olympics is bigger than anything, really. I mean, the, it's it's incredible. And the fact that we've had one delayed this year, I mean, th- that is something yeah. that will go down for centuries. You remember, you know, what was the year the Olympics was postponed? Um so yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's why I got into sport. To be honest, I, I was on on route to be a teacher, and then we got London twenty twelve. So, yeah, it, it's driven my career, and really? you know, that's not even me as an athlete. That is me as a as an employee, um, as a worker. And I do love it when they they have. Well, I do love it when we have these situations where there's obviously a player with a a well known or famous partner, but they always just use the phrase partner or boyfriend or whatever. Because I remember her talking about they she she camped down didn't she or she was in lockdown with her um, her boyfriend when he when he came to stay but she didn't really say who it was on the unscripted uh, it was the same with Jordan Jordan we asked Jordan a question and she was like yeah I got the opinion of a, a few people and she just name checked her boyfriend but didn't tell us he was the boyfriend um, so yeah it's private lives oh. and yeah I guess mm. they, they they yeah. There, I think, yeah, well, Carly specifically is quite a private person, as we've talked about. And I think, but private I was kind person of who basically says, hey, I'm here and say, I'm willing to chat about anything. That's... <laughs> yeah, but I think it's unusual. I think Dave, no, I think honestly, Dave, I think she felt really comfortable with you because I, and, and as I said, she's definitely opening up more mm. so. And maybe this is, she's getting a little bit from Riley's side as well, because maybe he's bringing out her creative side and her expressive an emotional and sharing side but i think dave you you made her feel comfortable you made her feel at ease and like she was just chatting to a friend i hope so no we've had a lot of positive comments about dave and i and yeah it's it's quite nice because i usually i usually send them on yeah you do and a lot of it is all around feel comfortable and and yeah do you get do you get any messages from the fans dave now that you're becoming a bit of a celebrity in your own right i do no, they are usually messages along the lines of, I really like what you're doing, but can you do it with a player that I like, please? Those are usually the messages. <laughs> so who's in demand, Dave? We actually get quite a lot of requests um, for Dutch players. People really want to hear from the Dutch women's team in particular, and we get loads loads of requests for Turkish players and players who play in the Turkish league as well. Uh, the obstacle, of course, we're up against is that many of them don't speak particularly good English. But if there's anyone you want us to speak to, drop us a line. Matt, how can they get in touch? They can tweet us or they can even write to us. The hashtag is Let Volleyball Talk. The email address is theaspace at cv.eu. And just like Dave, we will respond mm-hmm. to pretty much anyone that writes yeah. to us. And I do appreciate it for a couple of reasons. One, it's nice to know people are listening. Uh, But also, and I say this at the end of all the videos, I really like making volleyball friends as well. And we certainly go on our travels and put the miles in over the volleyball season. So to know that wherever you are in the world, uh, you are listening or watching or enjoying or just a fan of volleyball, it's great to hear from you. So get in touch. Cool. Let's call it a day there then. Matt, you've already done your contact bit. Key, do your Marcoms bit. When can people listen to a new episode of The Ace Space? 
Come and listen to us every Monday and Friday, guys. Every Monday, every Friday, and there's a whole lot of content in between. In fact, there's pretty much something new every day of the week, so make sure you get in touch. Uh, like, subscribe, and follow CV on all of the socials as well. But until next time, this has been The Ace Space. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thank you.